Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In Vain Walpurgisnacht. We hope that everybody who celebrated had a lovely Thanksgiving last week, and for those who did not celebrate, we hope that you had a lovely couple of weeks. As always, we are sponsored by the ever-fantastic Die Hard Dice, and if you too would like to roll with the best, please visit dieharddice.com and use the coupon code FANGANG at checkout for 15% off your first or your next order. Please note that this episode of In Vain does have a content warning for both self-harm and torture. While we do try to stay away from such topics, this is a story about living with the monster you've become. I'll make sure to put the warning in again before the scene starts so that if it's helpful, you can skip that time. We appreciate everybody listening and all of the feedback you've been giving us. If you are so moved, please help spread the word by leaving an iTunes review or telling others about the show. If you like what we do and would like to help us keep making this vampire story, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com nerdsmith. You'll get access to tons of bonus content from the entire network and even more exciting goodies in the future. Thank you all again and enjoy the episode. Last time on In Vain. Takes the keys and he starts to unlock the door, but before he's able to open the door, the door opens by itself and this woman uh, has answered the door. She's in a nightgown, her hair is done up in a, a bun, her, her brown hair looks uh, a younger woman, maybe like early 30s. And she sees him and she gives him a hug and a kiss. She's like, you're back early, my love. Did did work, uh, the problem at work solve itself? And Maximilian's like, yes, honey. And he like rubs her hair. He goes, yes, honey. Um, it was just something that was easily taken care of. And I'm, I'm home now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of In Vain Valpurgisnacht. My name is Tessa. I use she, her pronouns. I am your TTRPG mom. And let's see, for Halloween, I was a witch. Hey, everybody, this is Fennec, your TTRPG floof. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me at the Fennec Wolf on Twitter. And for Halloween, ironically, I was a fox. And I am Chad, your storyteller. You can catch me at Chadlicious on Twitter. I use he, him pronouns. And for Halloween, I was visiting family in New Orleans. And so while everyone in my family took my son out trick-or-treating, me and my wife dressed like pagans and did pagany things. I said I was a witch. I never said that, you know, I dressed up. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So... All right, so a lot of stuff happened in the last episode, so we will just kind of take things as they come. We'll go ahead and start with Dallas. Uh, Dallas, you had had a really pleasant conversation with a whole bunch of werewolves, and yeah, it was very pleasant. It was great. Yeah, they're they're real nice people once you get to know them, I guess. Judgment of Thor gave you a task to give them the locations of three wards, not including your club. Uh, give them the locations so they can go destroy the wards, and you have until tomorrow night to give them that information. And you had decided that a particular Tremere might be a good resource for that information, and you flew off in search of this Tremere. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, I went off to go find Ainsley. All right. So you are going to go fly out, fly through the city and look for Ainsley. So you are flying 
in the skies. I want you to give me a composure and awareness role because you're basically hunting for a vampire. Um, that is three successes. All right. As you're you're flying around in, in circles in certain areas, you do actually see Aisley uh, walking down uh, down some streets in Heidelberg. Looks like she's close to where the old castle was, Schloss Heidelberg, and where the old uh, city walls were. Uh, what do you do? I'm just going to fly casual and follow. Okay, so you are flying. You're getting close enough to kind of to, to watch what she's doing. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So as you do that, you're, you're getting close to her. You notice that there is a spot on that old ancient wall that she is. She cuts her palm and she kind of smears some of her blood on it while chanting. And it does that red glow and the blood kind of absorbs into the materials, just like you saw uh, no, you didn't see that, just like Yulva saw, but that's... Nope, never mind. So, yeah, it goes into the stones, and she licks her wound, and looks like she's continuing onward. Dallas makes a note of the spot. Um, she's... Hmm. Are there any... It's on the wall, you said, right? Yeah, it looks like the, the ward she replenished was on the wall facing outside, uh towards the outer uh, edges of the city. Okay. Um, is it on the top? How how flat are the walls along the top? Along the top? Uh, enough for, like, are you thinking about perching on top of the wall? Uh, yes. Or, like, leaving something on top of the wall to denote where it was. Yeah, it should be thick enough for you to do that and to to leave a marker in raven form easy enough. Okay, so yeah, she's going to find a a stone or something that she can put up on top of the wall or or make a scratch on it, like a chalk mark almost, to uh, denote where it was. Oh, oh, that's that's cool. You can take a rock and and scratch a a little symbol into the wall with your little raveny beak. Yep. All right, and you continue to follow her? Yes. Okay, you do so, and, you know, the, it's it's getting kind of late. You don't see her doing anything else involving any other wards, but you do see her do something interesting. She turns down another street, and she is standing in front of the, the Witch's Tower. It's literally called that, and most European cities have one. It's, it's a remnant from... The remains of a castle. It is a a long, tall, kind of roundish uh, tower with a little pointed roof. And it was called a witch's tower for numerous reasons. Number one, because the pointed roof looked like a witch's hat. Number two, some castles use that as a dungeon, and that's where they kept witches. And that's where we get the stereotypical idea of like wizards and their really tall towers with the pointy roofs. So she and Heidelberg has only one. It is a tourist attraction, and she is walking close to it, and it looks like she's meeting uh, Reinhard near there. Ooh. Yes, he's not in his fancy robes that you usually see him in in Elysium. He's actually dressed down for him, which means he's wearing a black and silver suit. Nice. Right, and it looks like they are engaging in conversation. Are you going to get close enough to listen? Oh, yes, 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 I am. 
because they might start discussing where they've been tonight. Paisley approaches Reinhard. You flap down. Um, I'm assuming you're trying to be a little bit sneaky, so... Oh, yeah. At least give them some sort of a chance. Mm -hmm. Give me... Let's see. That's going to be a dexterity and stealth roll, but you're going to have a, a bonus of two dice because you are in raven form. You are small and nobody really suspects the ravens. That's a uh, messy critical. It's it's right there. You can see it in the dice roller. <laughs> you got a messy critical, so that means you succeed in much the same way a wild animal would. Uh, you are in raven form, so mm -hmm. I guess you would just kind of like go into a tree and just start cawing loudly because that's what ravens do. I'm just going to go ahead and give you a stain on your humanity because your beast gets a little too close to the surface. Okay. So no other no other effect there. So you land on a nearby branch and have to struggle with your beast a little That's bit. It's like the third time tonight I've gotten a messy critical. Yeah, what is going on? Dallas, are you okay, Dallas? Blink twice if you need help. I think she's just happy being a bird. She's like, no, this is better than everything else. We'll just stay in this forever. All right. And so you see Aisley approach Reinhard, and she gives him a deferential bow. It says, sire... And Reinhardt says, have you replenished your wards for the night? Because yes, I, I have. And uh, Reinhardt looks at her and says, have you, do you need to feed? Because I, I am a bit hungry, yes. And I'm just wondering when we need to stop being so vigilant with the wards and when we can use the artifact that was brought from Vienna. Uh, Reinhardt is, you know, they're, they're walking a little bit along the walls and they're talking and Reinhardt says soon. Well, we had plans within the next night or so hoping to use the Hillsjolf soon, but unfortunately our test subject has not been captured yet. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Aisley says, what do you mean? Hasn't been captured yet. Did Maximilian fail? Bitch, I will cut you. I will cut you so hard. The fuck? <laughs> and Reinhardt says, well, I haven't heard or seen of him yet, but last I heard, he was going to retrieve the Anarch, and we were going to use him to power the artifact, but it seems like plans have been delayed somewhat. I'm confident that maybe in the next night or two, Maximilian will become a little bit more lucid and deliver his quarry to us. He might be having a little bit of fun with Jaeger. I don't know, but as soon as we're able to use the artifact, we can power all of the wards with his blood should not be an issue. And Aisley nods and says, I, I hope so. Cause this is, I don't want, I didn't want Leon to know, but I'm starting to, to get worn out with this too. The, um, the beast is getting stronger. And Reinhard kind of gives him gives her one of those um, parental pats on the shoulder, kind of like I know, but you are doing House and Clan Tremere a great service, and this city will will be a lot safer due to your efforts. And they you know, continue to chat a bit. Do you continue to follow? Yeah, I want to know if they talk about this device more, especially when she puts two and two together that they were going to put it. They, they were use, going to use it on Jaeger. She's like. What is it? What does it do? I need to know everything because this is valuable information. They don't really discuss that sort of stuff as you continue onward. But uh, 
That is all the information that you're going to get just by following. If you are requiring more information, you may have to do something different. I'm going to head over to the Church of the Holy Spirit and lurk around there a little bit because I know that's where the uh, Tremere hang out and I want to see if there's any comings and goings there. There's probably a ward there too, I'm, I would think, but I'm, I could probably make a guess at that one. But yeah, I'm going to go see if there's anything happening there. So you go flying over to the Church of the Holy Spirit, hoping to get some more information that way. And we will jump on over to Ilva right now, who is standing outside Hello. of a... You're standing outside of a, a very nice-looking home. It's a very, very attractive place with a nice garden in the front. Nice, small, single-family place. Well-appointed. And you just saw Max walk in. What do you do? Door's still open, I'm assuming, correct? Well, Max walked in, and uh, they closed the door behind them. But you can see the lights turn on in the house, and they the, the house does have large windows. She's going to peer through the windows for see if she can't get any information that way. And if that doesn't work, we'll we'll go to plan B. So you look through the windows and you see Maximilian and that that woman that greeted him at the door. Uh, They go in. Looks like they're talking a bit. Uh, They kiss like the not not like a romantic movie type kiss, but kind of like a kiss that. People who've been in a very long relationship give each other kind of like a you know greeting kind of thing. It's not not an erotic kiss. It's more like a the look of like oh wasn't the fact of the kiss. It's that somebody's kissing Max that we're taking umbrage with. <laughs> and let's see. You are looking at this through the windows. Uh, it actually it looks like uh, they talk for a little bit more and she grabs him by the hand and takes him into the back of the house, kind of where you would assume the bedrooms are. She's going to move off to the side of the house, drop off you skate, see if there's any rocks, pick one up and throw it at the door and then re off you skate. Okay, so you you throw a rock at the door. How long are you planning on waiting? Because after about 10 minutes or so, nobody is coming to the door. Okay, that went that plan. Um, She's going to try the door and see if it's open. Well, you jiggle the doorknob and the door is locked, but I want you to give me a, a wits and awareness roll. And don't forget your hunger is because I remember you were pretty hungry when you got here. Yeah, hunger for two successes. All right. So as you're trying the door, uh, you know, the, the lights were turned off when Maximilian went in the back. And you do notice on the other side of the house in the window, a light does turn on. Uh, are you going to go investigate that? Yeah, once Offuscate is re-put on, just to make sure no one sees her. Okay, so you... uh, It was back on. You stalk around the side of the house and look in through the window where the light was just turned on. It looks like you're in the kitchen, and you see there's Maximilian there just in the kitchen alone. He's... It looks like he's taken off his jacket. His sleeves are rolled up, and he's washing the dishes? Huh. 
and he is listening to the Sound of Music soundtrack. Of course he is. You can hear that through the window, and he's kind of singing along a little bit. This goes on for a few minutes, but it kind of looks like he's he's having a hard time washing the dishes because there might be something on his mind, and it just looks like he stops, gets frustrated, uh, throws a plate across the room, and it shatters against the wall. He grabs the little cassette player that he was listening to, and it looks like he starts walking to another part of the house with purpose. Um, Gilva's going to try the back door just to see if the back door works or is unlocked because most people forget that one. Okay, well, you will have to climb a fence. So give me a dexterity and athletics roll. Actually, this is climbing. So give me a strength and athletics roll. You can always give me a rouse check to increase your uh, dice pool if you'd like. Not at hunger four. All right, two successes. All right, so you, you easily scale the fence and you go to the back door and lo and behold, the door's unlocked. Make sure Skate is going and sneaks into the house to follow along with where Max is going and get more information. Are you going to close the door behind you? Yeah, making sure the door shuts very quietly without making a sound. <laughs> Okay, you do that, and uh, you walk through the house, and you can hear the the sound of music from the sound of music uh, playing, and you follow, and you get to, uh, you go through the hallway, and it actually looks like there's uh, some stairs going down to a basement, and it looks like Maximilian is in the basement now. She'll go and see what's going on in the basement. Okay, so you you walk down the stairs and you can hear uh, you can hear sounds of of movement in there, the music, and you hear it it even hear you you can hear on the other side of the door, it sounds like something else is closing and you hear a click and you hear no sound. And there's a door shut in front of me? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I would assume it's she's going to attempt just like very slowly, like move the handle to see if it's unlocked. No, it is locked. OK, she's going to make her way back up the stairs then and go up the other stairs to see. Or is it a two story or one story? It's a one story house with a basement. OK, so she's going to continue exploring the first floor just to see what else is here. Okay. As you go through the house, I mean, this is like just a normal everyday family home that you've noticed. Uh, you look in, there's uh, actually give me a composure and awareness roll. Three successes. Right. You're walking through here and you get this weird feeling that, you know, something, there's something weird about this place. Something's out of place. And you stop and you look around and you realize most family homes have pictures on the walls, on the the tables and tables. There are no family pictures in this house. That's really odd. She makes note of that. Does she find anyone else besides the woman there or? Are you searching all the rooms? Yeah, she would be looking in each room. 
So you do see when you go into the look at the main bedroom, you do see the woman uh, that answered the door. She is laying in bed. She's deep asleep. She has like a little smile on her face. Uh, she is naked under the covers. Uh, you go to the other rooms. It looks like there were two other bedrooms and you open the doors and you see children. You see a boy and a girl. They both look to be about preteen. The boy's a little bit younger. And they're all sleeping. So she's going to make note that there's this is kind of Max's weakness, it seems like. Um, and then head back outside to see if she can't get the address. So that way she can come back in the future if needed or, you know. Okay. So you go back outside. You go out the back door, which is still unlocked. You close it behind you. Give me another uh, wits and awareness roll real quick just to see if you notice another detail. Uh, three successes. Oh, wow. Okay. So you know how some houses with basements, like the basements have like windows that are really high up and they're smaller windows. Uh, as you go out in the backyard, you do see one of those windows kind of down by the foundation of the house and the light is on inside of there. And it looks like it's the window is not covered exactly. Are you going to go check it out? Oh, hell yeah. As you go up to the window and you see uh, there's Maximilian is in this room. This room, it looks like on the walls, you can see the, the entrance that he came in. It looks like there's like a soundproofed door that goes over the basement door. The walls look like they're covered in soundproofing. There are uh, racks, uh, pegs with various uh, tools on them, saws, chains, corkscrews, uh, knives, various implements. Uh, in the middle of the room, it looks like there are some chains hanging from the ceiling uh, with manacles on the ends and hanging from those chains is an individual male uh, bare chested that you've never seen before and it looks like he's his head is down he's just hanging there and he's breathing heavily and Max is in the room uh, wearing nothing but his pants his shirt is off too and he has a uh, it's not the same bayonet he likes to intimidate people with but it's a different bayonet and He's just kind of walking in circles around this chained individual, and it looks like he's talking to him. Can I hear anything? You can hear muffled voices. Uh, this window has one of those, uh, it's one of those latch windows where you turn the latch, you can open it up slightly as it kind of folds out at an angle. So I could open it from my end. You could, yes. Okay, very, very slowly, as not to draw attention, she lowers it down. Sorry to interrupt. This is a content warning for torture and self-harm. If you would like to skip this portion, you can skip ahead to around the 25-minute mark. Don't worry, we'll still be here when you get back. Okay, so you do that. You open up the window a little bit, and the first thing you hear is the sound of the song... Edelweiss playing and Maximilian is walking in circles around this individual. The guy who's chained up, he's like, just let me go. Just let me go, please. And Maximilian's like, not. 
until I am done with you. My dear little thin blood. And the person who's manacled says, I, I don't even know what you want. What do you need from me? I just got here. Just please. I need to go find my sister. And Maximilian grabs the guy by his hair and pulls it back and says, You don't get to leave until you make me feel something. And Maximilian takes his knife and he deeply just kind of cuts the guy on the chest. He kind of winces in pain, but the cut doesn't bleed, indicating that this person may be undead. And Maximilian turns around and he takes like a, a deep shuddering breath and he cuts himself in the same place. And he opens up his eyes and he looks very disappointed. He said, I told you I need to feel something. And he starts to just cut on this guy over and over and over again. The guy starts screaming. Maximilian starts screaming along with him. And this is a very disturbing scene. She's going to close the window back and latch it very carefully as not to make any noise. Although they're probably screaming too loud to hear. But she's going to move away, go back over the fence and see if she can't get the house number and what street they're on. So that way she can come back here later. You get the address. Oh, goody. Where are you going now? Um, she would head back to the club because this is, this is very pertinent information that she needs to share with Dallas. <laughs> so you're going to make your way back there. Uh, speaking of Dallas, uh, you are at the Church of the Holy Spirit. It is very late at night. There's nobody there, not even kindred. And like you said, you're assuming that there was a ward there because they do do rituals in this church. So it would be a good guess, but there's no activity going on here as of yet. Other, well, other than it looks like Dorata is stalking around the cemetery, but he usually does that. So there's nobody there at all. Except, well, Dorata is doing stuff in the cemetery well, actually, it's connected to a church, so it is a graveyard. Dorada sometimes has interesting folk visit him. I'm going to perch over there for a minute, for a little bit. It is getting late, and she's still at a hunger three, so she may not stay super long time, but she's going to stay long enough just to get an idea if anybody's coming to visit or if Dorada is doing anything in particular, and then she's going to go find some food and go. You stay there long enough to see another Nosferatu pop into existence. Nosferatu, you don't know. Uh, and he approaches Dorata, and Dorata sees him. It's like, so I saw your markings. Welcome to Heidelberg. You're here at a really fucked up time. Who are you? And the other Nosferatu, he nods and he says, my name is Michael. I was just here to make a delivery. I saw the markings and thought I would I would just stop by and say hi to family. And Dorata says, Michael, making a delivery. This wouldn't have happened to have been that delivery that I saw being dropped off at Heidi's, would it? And he said, well, yes. I had some dealings with Joe. I dropped off a package and I'm saying hi. I'll be out of here in a couple of nights. Dorata nods. It says, so, um, 
a lot of Soviet weaponry in those crates. You know, I could just, you know, educated guess there. You know, what are you, with the RAF? And Michael says, yes, yes, I am. Is that a, is that a problem here? And Dorada says, well, yeah, we don't tend to like anti-Semitic commies in our town, so get the fuck out of my city. And Michael just kind of puts his hands up, says, well, I don't want any trouble, so I'll just get out of here. And Dorada says, good, and if I find out that you're still here tomorrow night, I will destroy you myself. And Michael obfuscates, and you assume he leaves. Dorada also obfuscates. All right. Well, that's good. I might need to go pop in on Joe real quick and let her know that Dorada knows about the weapons. And then eat. So you're going to go fly over to Joe now? I'm a harbinger of doom, this messenger bird. Gotta get her wings in. I mean, you know, like steps. Huh? 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 As the crow flies. So you do know, Joe did give you an address and did want you guys to meet with her tonight. <laughs> oh, I guess that's where I'm heading. Okay. So you fly over to what the, the address she gave you was, and it's it's in a pretty nice part of town, uh, you know, where the more expensive student housing is. And you get to, are you staying in Raven form this whole time? Or are you like in a Yes. Knock- okay. Okay. Because I am very hungry and I don't want to risk getting hungrier popping in and out. Okay. So you get to the, you do some quick math in your head and figure out like the apartment number, which window uh, you would need to get to. And you are, you get to like a little balcony window area. The, the sliding glass doors are closed, but there's a light inside and you do see it looks like uh, Joe is talking on the phone, which is connected to the wall. What do you do? Is there a pebble or anything that I could tap on the glass with with my beak? Well, well you do have a beak. Yeah, so she's just going to tap on the glass. Okay, so you, you tap and, and tap a bit and eventually Joe hears, looks over there says something on the phone, hangs up and opens up the door and says, I'm going to assume that you're Dallas. She looks up at her and just goes, never more! And, and hops in, because I'm a smart ass. <laughs> Dallas, this shit's going to get real old real soon. Alright, where are the others? She just kind of shrugs like, I'm not entirely sure. We were going to talk about next steps. Do you have anything, any ideas, anything for me? Or are you just going to like stare at me like heckle and jekyll? She puts a, a wing up as if to say, okay, give me a second. And she's going to shift back. All righty. And once you do that, Joe says, okay, so what you got? Okay. Well, first of all, uh, our messenger or our delivery person, uh, the Nosferatu that brought the crates. Um, Dorada knows about them. Just the, the crated weapons, just so you know. How do you know about the delivery guy? Because I saw him meeting with Dorada in the graveyard and talking about it. So Dorada knows that we have weapons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, that's why I wanted to make sure you knew that. Um, I've spoken with the guru, the werewolves, um, and I need to get 
a little bit more information on where these wards are in the city, but I think I've got them on our side and are they're willing to help. You spoke to the lupines and they're willing to help. Yeah, uh, there's about five or six of them. That is impressive. And so they need the locations of the wards? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a show of good faith. They hate the wards around the city. It messes with the spirits, some mumbo jumbo about that. So they want to know where they are. Um, and it's kind of a like, hey, we're not pulling your leg. We're really not happy about this either. And then I have something even bigger to talk to you about. Oh, do tell. Um, I overheard Aisley and Reinhardt talking about an artifact that was delivered from uh, from Vienna. And it's supposed to power all of the wards in the entire city on the blood of one kindred which is what they were going to take Jaeger for. Holy shit. They were going to use him as some kind of battery? Yeah. Needless to say, I am not happy. Well, I assume not. I wouldn't... Okay, to be fair, I wouldn't be happy if it wasn't Jaeger being used as a battery. I'm unhappy with the situation as a whole. The fact that they were going to use Jaeger makes me even more upset. What else would you expect from the Tremere? I don't know. But it does make me worried that who they are going to test it on if they can't find Jaeger. So we all need to be cautious. Yeah, exactly. Especially because our actions would make us outlaws. Mm-hmm. We're easy targets. Well, not easy, but we are definitely targets. Has Max contacted any of them yet? Do you know? I have no idea. I have not seen hide nor hair of Max, though I still have his bayonet. Well, I'm sure that'll come in handy. Well, I'm going to make sure he doesn't get it back anytime soon. All right. Well, this is really good information. Um, I was going to say that, you know, we need to take care of Otto so the Camarilla doesn't know what we're packing, but it seems like that's already out the window. So I think we just to be need fair, to take- Dorada knew what was in the crates before Michael told him. That doesn't surprise me, actually. Sad to say. So I guess at this point now, we still need to take Otto out, but to send a message. We need to find him, and who knows how else the Camarilla is going to use him. They may have him in a protected place. I don't know. I tried going to his haven. He wasn't there. I didn't go home last night. I stayed at Yelvis. Well, outside Yelvis. I'm not going to ask. All right. So Don't, don't ask. Great. So get the, I guess, get the girls together. And uh, yeah, if you find Otto, take him out. Any any other important information comes up, let me know. I'm going to be, I'm putting some things in motion myself. Sounds like a plan. All right. I'll keep you informed. I got to go get something to eat or I am going to be really upset and grumpy tomorrow. So um, I'm going to grab some food. I'm going to head uh, back to the club. If I hear anything, I'll let you know. All right. If you need to feed, I have um, I have a ghoul or two that should be unconscious in the back. If you don't mind me taking a snack from your ghoul, I wouldn't say no. If I if I might, I know I you wouldn't have. have you wouldn't have. I, I... You're hungry. Go fucking eat. Thank you. So yeah, Dallas is gonna go have a snack from the ghoul. Don't drink too much. She's only gonna slake one hunger. All right, and you are, what's your hunger rating at now? Three at the moment. 
Okay, good. So you don't have to worry about hunger frenzy currently. So you go into the back room. It's a uh, it's where the bedroom would be, but there's no bed in there. It's like a like kind of like a futon, kind of like some other you know shelves with cinder blocks and things like that. And it looks like there's just two ghouls in there, just making out. Cool. You walk in, they stop and look at you. Can I join in? Sure. <laughs> She's consent. That's all she cares about. <laughs> okay, then. So you're going to just slake one hunger with all that? Yeah. Yeah. She's not going to go too much. Yeah. that that's This is a new and interesting way to feed. And this is a lot more satisfying than getting it from animals. But as, as far as Dallas is concerned, they are ghouls. So therefore, they're not entirely human. And so doesn't necessarily bend her rules too much. This is this is true. Your prey exclusion doesn't uh, factor into this because technically they're not human. All right. So you feed. Are you going to fly back to the club or, or what? I'm going to walk because uh, flying back if would just kind of potentially erase the hunger that I just took care of some of. So. Okay, so you, you're walking back. Yulva gets back to the club, too. So uh, we'll go back over to Yulva, and Dallas will answer her at a dramatically appropriate time. Uh, so, Yulva, you get uh, back to the club. The club, is, uh, the club is open. It is the weekend, and there are people in there. Uh, you're obfuscated. You know the the back way in, so you can just get into the club. What are you uh, doing once you enter? she's gonna look for anna or peter and uh she's really hungry she really needs to take a bite out of that <laughs> all right well at this point uh peter's a lot easier to find because he is kind of running the club currently you know there's other employees of course but he is kind of running the floor in the absence of anybody else uh what are you going to do to peter um, she's going to wait until he gets like kind of into a more like the back area of the club and then just pounce in. All right. Give me a strength and brawl roll. You alley cat. So one, two. So four successes. Two of them were 10 on a hunger die. So <laughs> a messy critical. Oops. <laughs> you are um, at hunger four, correct? Yeah, so that would be, yeah, hunger four. So, yeah. I need you to give me a willpower check. So roll your willpower. All of uh, all of your, you know, if you haven't, I don't think you've spent any yet. So roll all of that and just tell me what you got. Whew, four successes out of the four die that I rolled. <laughs> you managed to keep your beast in check. However, the beast does come too close to the surface. I will give you the option, since you got a messy critical, you can either take a stain to your humanity or kill Peter. No pressure! Uh, uh, I'll just go with the stain on the humanity, because, yeah. Okay, so you managed to keep the beast in check so much, but it, you know, leaves its mark on you. How much blood are you taking from Peter? Uh, three hunger worth, so bring her back down to one. Okay, he is going to be very weak uh, after losing three uh, points of blood. Uh, so you're going to drain him and lick the wound. He's he's going to be kind of lucid, 
but still very weak, and he's probably going to need a nap. She's just going to pat him on the head and be like, thank you. Now go to sleep. It is fine. And make him forget this happened. Yeah, he looks he looks up at you like shocked and betrayed, and then you tell him to forget, and he just his eyes roll in the back of his head, and he just slips into unconsciousness. This is very useful. I must make use of it more often. You, your beast agrees with you. Um. So now that that's done, she's gonna go try and find Dallas or Elsa to let them know all the stuff she's found. And you're looking around like the club area. I mean, there's like a dance floor. Elsa's not out there. You know, she was out doing her own thing or whatever. Um, they, y'all did install a new basement too. Maria was telling you about it and said, hey, she invited us to sleep in her basement. Okay, she's going to go check out the basement, maybe seeing if like Dallas or Elsa are down there. Okay, so you go down to the basement area. And uh, once you get down there, you see there's you hear like a lot of lot of activity, a lot of movement uh, going on there. Uh, you see, like the basement's kind of like set up. It's got like a TV, like a, a Davenport, uh, you know, like maybe like a pool table and stuff. It kind of looks like you know, like an '80s basement. So you hear like movement going on and like lots of other stuff going on in like one of the rooms. The doors closed. Uh, on top of the TV, you see Maria is just sitting there, kind of like kicking her heels, kind of got her legs crossed. Uh, when she sees you, she perks up. She's like, "Oh." Hey, Ilva. And you look on the sofa and it looks like um, wrapped up in a tarp. There's like a form wrapped up in a tarp and it looks like there's a stake sticking out of the tarp. What's up? Did you do that? Oh, oh no. Elsa just came in and dropped him on the sofa and she's in the back kind of. uh, I don't know what she's doing. Peter gave her like some kind of suitcase looking thing and she's kind of having a existential crisis maybe i i don't know i think we all go we all have one of those i think right so how's your night been um it is fu- it's been fine um she's trying to make sure that she doesn't look too beat up to maria cuz she's at she's only at health 3 out of her 6 so she is she's looking a little rough <laughs> i mean would you like to heal yourself because you can these are all uh these aren't aggravated wounds correct they're just uh normal wounds so you can give me uh, a rouse a roll uh a rouse check and uh to heal however many wounds you want to heal but you have to, you have to roll a rouse check for each wound Okay, so eight on the first one, so hunger doesn't increase. You know, your hunger does not go up. Heals the second one without hunger going up, and her hunger goes up on the third one, so she's back to hunger two. So you're back to hunger two, but all of your wounds seal. I'm, we're going to say they, they you, you heal up completely after you fed from Peter and as you're walking down the stairs. So yeah, you don't look beat up at all, and you say, oh, your night's going fine, and, and all that, and Maria's like, I don't... Your nights usually don't go that fine. What's up? You look... You look spooked. Uh, I might have learned some things about our sheriff. That daughter. Like what? Um, that he has a basement where he tortures people. It is pleasant. Well, you know, that does make a lot of sense. 
Da, it was enlightening. Uh, he was talking about wanting to feel something. And I'm not sure. He seemed a little unhinged would be best way to put it. We're a bunch of blood-sucking monsters. We got to do some unhinged things, but I don't know. Well, that's disturbing, I guess. Wait, you... Wait, you saw his torture chair. Where were you? I believe his haven. We're at his haven? Uh, after I hitched the ride on his car, da. You hitched a ride? He didn't see well, me. Did did you happen to forget the conversation we had this the, like earlier tonight that, you know, you said that you would be safe and you wouldn't do anything stupid or reckless? I was completely safe. He did not see me. Yeah, Maria has that look. She's got she looks kind of mad and she has her finger up and she's like she's not saying anything and she's like Just because you know what words mean doesn't mean you can use them as weapons. You are right. I am sorry, dear. Kisses are on the cheek. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dallas, at this point, you arrive at the club. The club is is jumping. Uh, there's people. There's a bouncer at the door. There's bartenders at the bar. People are enjoying themselves. You do not see Peter. Um, Dallas usually does the schedule, so she's confused as to why she doesn't see Peter. Um, so she's going to do a quick check-in of staff, making sure everything's going well, and then go upstairs and try to find Peter in his room. Well, as you're you're checking in with the staff, I would assume that you would you would ask if they've seen Peter, and the bartender does say, "Yeah, Peter went into the storeroom to go get another crate of vodka, but he hasn't been out in a while." Uh, I'll bring you the crate right now, and um, I'll go check on him. Thanks. I mean, you know, if you ask me, I think he's, you know, I don't know. He kind of like he he uh, presses up his nose a little bit, you know. <laughs> she just kind of nods, and she'll she'll go and grab the vodka, and then head upstairs. Okay. Well, well, you go into the back of the store area to get the vodka, and you see Peter unconscious, laying down, like in between some of the racks. <laughs> She is going to bring the vodka to the uh, bartender, go back in, throw Peter over her shoulder, and fireman carry him up into his room and put him in bed. Right, so you uh, you put Peter in bed and tuck him in, take his shoes off, and then you uh, you, know, you don't see any Leave him like a glass of water and a glass of orange juice, like... Right. Yeah, he does look a bit pale. And so and you you've been all over the club, all over this floor. You haven't seen anyone in your coterie. I mean basement is open. You would assume yeah, that would where be where they, next. they are. Okay. Oh. If there are no fires happening in the club that she needs to put out, that's where she'd tell you head next. No, uh give me a quick uh wits and awareness roll. Two successes noticing things on the fly. So as you're walking down the stairs and you're headed towards the basement, at the corner of your eye, you, you do see some something that catches your attention. You turn and you look, and where you previously thought that, like in one of the darkened booths in the back, it just looked like there was like some couple getting a little too friendly. But then you stop and you notice that the woman has fangs 
and it looks like she's just fed. You've never seen this woman before. It's like some strange vampires feeding in your club. Okay, well, that's not all right. Da fuck! It's a weird night, y'all. Is her companion lucid or no? It looks like she's, uh, when she pulls away from him, she licks the wound and just gently eases his head on the table. You do see uh, some slight up and down motion on his shoulders as if he is still breathing. And it looks like she is starting to scoot out of the booth and is looking for a way out. She is going to stop her. Okay, what do you do? So this woman, she is, uh, you know, this is a goth club. She's not all gothed out. I mean, she looks like she's wearing like a like a sweater. Uh, she's wearing uh, some some uh, leggings, like some tights, uh, some some Converse shoes. Uh, she she looks like she's like in a state of disarray almost like a, a lot of traveling. She's definitely a stranger. And how do you stop her? What do you do? I'm going to come over as, you know, uh, one of the owners of the club and, and give her a smile and be like, having a pleasant evening. Yeah, just kind of like questioning, making sure everything's all right. Kind of guys. So she stops. She looks a little like panicked for a second. And she says with a, with a thick, maybe Polish accent. Uh, she says, uh, yes, yes, uh, it's very nice. I, I I must go now. Sorry, no, no good German. Uh, she'll switch to English. Is your English any better? And she'll smile and let her fangs show slightly. She's, uh, my English is a little better than German, still not good and she sees the fangs and she 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 gets all panicked and she turns and runs back the other way looks like she's trying to go through the back way through the kitchen this is what Elsa is for she like barrels into like uh, some people on the dance floor they go like falling over like somebody screams somebody drops their clove cigarettes or gets all mad about it she's just gonna let her go she figured it's a lesson learned at this point Okay, and you go back down to the basement? Yeah. Okay, so you, you go to the basement. At this point, uh, Ilva, while, while you are trying really hard to, to make up with Maria, uh, Elsa comes walking out of the back room. Dallas comes down, too, and all of you are together. Now the Coterie's all together. What do y'all do? Oh, good. You are here. I have uh, information. Oh, same so much. And Elsa also says that she has... She, she, well, she points to the the uh, the tarp on the sofa and says, I brought that son of a bitch sire of mine home. Oh. And now you will eat him? Da? Good for you. It's like, I'm not going to eat him. That is, I, uh, no. No, that's, that's wrong. He has blood hunt called on him. D- that is what that means. Blood forfeit. You go snacky snacky. Aunt Maria looks at Elsa and says, you know, she's right. Uh, Elsa responds and says, but I am not. Well, then either Dallas or I can eat him then. Aunt Maria says, you know, she's right, too. She's just right again, by the way. Or I could. I mean, any of us could. I mean, you know, he's, he's, his blood is forfeit. There's, we're looking at a free lunch right now. Especially if you're trying to keep up appearances. People might wonder why you didn't. It, it looks like that kind of 
she doesn't like hearing that and her her hand her grip kind of tightens a little bit more on the the it's not like a like a big old suitcase but it's more like kind of like a briefcase kind of satchel type dealy uh, her her grip tightens on that too and she goes oh, i'm not going to eat him you can do whatever the fuck you want and she walks out upstairs out of the basement whoa hey 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 she stops what's going on there's a lot going on i um you know this she gestures over at eric and says we just finally took him out and uh you know with joe and and there was uh, she helped stake him and there was a big fight and she glances down at, at her at what she's got in her hand but doesn't really say much about it and she's like just this this city is not safe anymore this city is not good for for any of us and i guess we would be smart to leave you're you're leaving i didn't say i was leaving i just i need to go talk to christina there's She's not safe. Gregory's not safe. I'm just so worried about them. Okay. I can respect that. Go talk to who you need to talk to. Just be careful. Okay? Um, the Camarilla has some sort of device that they are planning on using Kindred to power. They were going to use it on Jaeger. So please be careful. Ooh. Yeah, thank you. And she leaves. And so Maria looks over at you, Dallas, and says, wait, what? Yep, I overheard Ainsley and um, Reinhardt talking about it. What? Talking about what? What what artifact does that? The Hoodstrolf? I don't know what it is. Maria said, you mean Hillstrolf? Something like that? Something like that. Yeah, they were going to basically, they said um, they were going to use it on Jaeger, and basically he could have powered all of the wards in the city all at once with his blood. That's an interesting name. Um, Dallas, do you have a cult? I know Yulva doesn't. No? I do not. One of you do? Okay. I think Elsa did. Or does. All right. Well, Maria does. And I'm going to roll for Maria. And Maria says, that's an interesting name. That's the name of the throne Odin sits on. Hmm. That's like supposed to be the seat of all of his power where he sits on his throne. And because of that, he has, he can see everything in the world. So following that logic would allow them to possibly see through words then and see everything. I mean, it's something if you, I mean, well, some interpretations just say it allows Odin to spread his power all over the world. So, I mean, it could be something that just allows you to shoot power everywhere. Kind of like a, oh my God, it's a magical Tesla coil. Yeah, I really don't want them using that on my boyfriend, though. He's your boyfriend? Well, I mean, we have, we've been seeing each other a little bit. I don't know if we're going steady or anything like that, if, you, if that's even a term that Kindred use. You could canoodle and then do it. Who says we haven't canoodled? Maria elbows Yulva's stomp. <laughs> Yulva chuckles. All right, oh, I no. stop. I am very aware of your canoodling. It was adorable. Sorry, did not mean to look. Maria just embarrassedly just covers her face. <laughs> Yulva chuckles. <laughs> All right, can, can we be adults now? Mm-hmm. Duh. Oh, and I almost got, and I think I've got the loop lines on our side, too. If that helps. Yay. 
you got lupines to not eat you and to say they'd help. Mm-hmm. As long as I give them information about where the wards are. So if anybody has any idea of where they are, please let me know. Yelva Chuck. Yelva. <laughs> all right. Uh, give me paper. I write down for you all locations. Oh, you're amazing. No, I followed Ainsley. That was a very interesting night. I got one by following Ainsley. Did you see her float and be naked? No. Ainsley floats and naked? What are you doing looking at naked Tremere? I was at... This was before we we were together. I I was seeing where wards were being placed and getting information. And I happened to stumble on her meeting with human women and chanting and naked floating and violent... Breaching masquerade, by the way, by doing magic in front of them. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, to be fair, she's kind of a uh, saggy, not as very, not as pretty as you, babe. Don't need that mental image. Thanks. Yelva's trying to score points and obviously failing. We're going to talk later. Uh, anyway, so, wow, this is really interesting, really interesting night. So, uh, you know, Dallas discovered something about this this artifact that the Tremere are going to use. Um, Elsa staked her sire and brought him down here. Uh, and Ilva followed Maximilian to his house and discovered he has a secret torture chamber. Wait, who the what? The, Ilva! I, I just, it, it hasn't come up yet. Do you have a death wish? That's what I asked her. I was getting information, and it is good information. He's not alone in that house. Well, no, not if he's torturing people. No, besides that, he has family. Wife, two children, breach of masquerade. The fuck? He's he's feeding off of a family? I assume. He feeds off of his family? I'm not sure how I feel about that either. Some kindred do that, Dallas. They... They stay, they, they keep up appearances. They stay with their families from their mortal times, or they can, the older ones, insinuate themselves into an already existing family. Interesting. That is messed up, though. Yeah. It is. It's also, Max has weakness. Just have to get the weakness in order to use it against him. Right. And Well, wait, my question is, what, you said he had a torture chamber. Was he torturing somebody? Da, he invested in good soundproofing. Was it anybody we know? Uh, some... Not, not like us, but thin? Thin vein? Thin blood? I don't know what that is. A thin blood? Da. Oh, whoa. Oh, there's thin bloods getting in this. Oh, this is, this is one of the signs. And Maria just kind of stares off into space. Speaking of uh, weird, uh, I don't know what a thin blood is, but there was somebody feeding in our club tonight, too. So we'll need to figure that out. That is, um, you could have dealt with them very harshly. They are feeding in your haven, after all. I think I just scared her a little bit. Yeah, I mean, who the hell just walks into somebody's haven and just starts feeding off of people? I mean, that's just rude. But anyway, so there's thin bloods in Heidelberg, too. This is... Oh wow, this is interesting. That that's uh, a sign of the coming Gehenna. The what? 
Okay. What is a thin blood? A thin, so okay. So a thin blood. So you know how uh, we we were all all of us come from Cain, right? Supposedly, right? Mm-hmm. And how all of us are a certain number of generations removed from Cain. Right, Cain was the first, and then the second generation, the third generation were the progenitors of the clans, and so on and so forth. To us, right? Yep. Right. So thin bloods are uh, those of us that the the blood is so thin, the blood of Cain is so thin that they can't create more of their own kind, and their powers are greatly diminished. Right, but they're still they're still technically vampires, but not like they're, they're, the blood is so thin, like the 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 they're indistinct like the clans they they're, they don't have them they're just a lot of them don't even know what they are um for the most part throughout history they were killed on sight because they are a sign of the coming vampire apocalypse um but now they're coming here into the city they're probably like i don't know like maybe refugees from another city i don't know with the wall coming down there's all sorts of shit going on around here Hmm. Yeah, she looked very afraid. I feel bad for scaring her, but I my intention wasn't to scare her. My intention was to have a conversation, but Dallas, your conversations are scary. I mean, better than my conversations. Most of the time I stake people, apparently. So, speaking of staking, you've got Gehenna coming, Max torturing people in his basement, and a staked sire with a blood hunt on him on the basement couch. And all of y'all are discussing this in front of somebody who is still uh, Camarilla. Oh god, are y'all gonna stake me now? No. No, you are much too cute. I know you're just trying to flatter me. Thinking that I'm I'm gonna forget how I told you to be safe and you decided to go carousing with Max in his house while he tortures somebody, tortures some poor thin blood to help him feel something, which is which makes a lot of sense. I'm sorry, what were we talking about? How cute you are. Well, I am pretty cute. I gotta give me that. So, um, I don't want to eat him. So, if either of you want to eat him, go for it. You know, I... I have enough conflicts of my own soul already. So, I'm just going to go upstairs, and if he's not here when I come back, I'm not going to ask any questions. All right. But now that all this stuff is being discussed, I'm going to have to leave and and just hope that nobody puts two and two together. Um, this is this. She looks over at you, Yulva, and says, "We we picked the wrong time to start canoodling." But it is very fun. Well, yeah. I mean, look how cute I am. I mean, I very cute. Yeah, I mean, like I I'm on the outside like what you are on the inside and my insides look just like your outsides. So it all works out. I think your insides are much cuter than my outsides as well. Oh, oh no. Oh no. I'm, I'm, I am a monster. We're, we're all monsters. I mean, the only real difference is after we're embraced, we become stronger monsters. That's a good point. So I'm going to go upstairs and forget this conversation ever happened. Except for the parts where, you know, you think I'm cute. I will remind you of that every day. And she leaves the basement, leaving just Dallas and Ilva and a staked, uncon- well, no, a staked, paralyzed vampire who has heard all of this. <laughs> ah, shit. 
You know he can hear everything. Da. Uh, no, actually, I didn't know that. Ah, it is a torpor. You can hear, but you can't move or blink or eat. Dallas knows what being staked is like. You were trying to forget that. I was trying to forget that. So are you sure you don't want to go at him? Make you stronger. Tempting, but I think I'm good for now. If you want to have snack, enjoy your snack. I won't stop you. All right, I will have snack then. Undoes the tarp enough to... As the storyteller, I do have to let you know that uh, to commit when you if you were successful in committing diablerie, you automatically lose a point of humanity. Okay, still puts me at five. All right, yeah, that, that's still good. That's still good. Here we go. So you drain him of blood, and now you are starting to consume his soul. So what you need to do is, I need you to give me a strength and resolve test uh, equal to his blood potency. So his blood potency is. Two. So you have to give me two tests. Roll strength plus resolve twice. The difficulty is three on both of these rolls. If either one of these rolls fails, uh, you do not consume the soul and he disintegrates. And you can spend willpower to re-roll three failures as long as they are not on hunger dice. All right, going to spend a point of willpower to re-roll one die. Okay, three successes. All right, was that on both rolls? On the first one. Okay, now give me the second roll. And so this is a slow process. Uh, this is like one turn per roll, so it, it takes like a... Like six to you know twenty seconds to do the entire process. I can spend willpower on two separate rolls, correct? Not just yes. okay. Correct. All right, three successes. All right, so Eric's body crumbles into dust. Uh, in good thing he's still on the tarp. You automatically lose one point of humanity, and now you must immediately roll your humanity plus your own blood potency. And then I have to roll Eric's resolve plus blood potency. Okay. Four successes. Every success gives you five experience points to immediately spend on increasing your blood potency or on disciplines known by the victim. So he got three successes. You got four. So you only get five experience points to, to put towards uh, increasing your blood potency or a discipline that Eric knew. Um, what discipline did Eric know? <laughs> uh, he he's a he was a bruja, so he knew celerity, potence, and presence. Uh, he also he also knew, and he also had auspex. So two times five, ten. Yeah, we'll just go with another level of potence. Well, how much potence do you, you had? One dot in potence? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you can definitely uh, two times ten. Yeah, you can get another dot of potence and you immediately become even more stronger. And you can choose a new potence power. Let me look those up because I can't remember. And also, what was Yulva's generation? 
Um, so level two is prowess. Vampires with potence gain far greater strength from their blood than those who lack it. It adds dice to your strength rolls or half of your potent score to melee attacks. Yep. You're going to take that one? Okay. And so let's see. You pretty much, yeah, that is pretty much what you do. You devour his soul and become stronger. Your generation remains the same. And (laughs) however, the rush that you experience is greater than anything you felt. Even like the first time you drank mortal blood, the, the first time you killed, the first time your beast was sated, all of this pales in comparison to devouring the animating spark of your own kind. This is a hugely pleasurable experience for you and runs the risk of becoming highly addictive. So what do I got to roll to make sure that that don't happen? (laughs) Oh, no, you just you're always going to crave it. (laughs) First hits free. Oh, yeah. All right. So the deed is done. You've also just committed the gravest sin a vampire can commit. Is it really a sin, though, if it was, you know, sanctioned? Eh. Well, he needed killing. And right now you're having a number of flashes of a life that isn't yours. Uh, a life where that starts possibly a hundred years ago uh, in Heidelberg. Uh, it actually looks like he's he's being you. You are here in Heidelberg as a student, you are approached by uh, Werner. Uh, looks like Werner's teaching you some stuff about what it means to be Bruja. There's another quick flash. There's uh, partying with Joe. There's, you know, starting up the Anarch movement. There's another flash. You see Joe looking at him, ordering him to kill her sire and telling him how he's going to do it with a car bomb and explosives. So when the car starts, it will explode and she will die. Uh, another flash of panic. Uh, the expl- the explosion didn't get Fiorella. So he's panicking. He's hiding. He found out there's a blood hunt called on him. Uh, Otto told him that just kind of as a friend kind of thing. So he stayed another flash embracing Elsa on another flash of being staked and you devouring his soul. And now you're back in your own body. Yelva kind of looks at her hands. <sighs> that was a trip. The Infane podcast is a proud member of the Nerdsmith Network. Visit nerdsmith.org for all of your nerdy entertainment needs.